Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. Let's dive in. We're live. Here we go, everyone. Welcome. We made it happen. Three continents, four podcasts, one live stream. <laughs> <laughs> we almost all together here. You know, COVID, uh, COVID and COVID job take a hit on one of our guests. But we are yeah. all here, all the podcasts here. So Ron couldn't make it today, but we have the major podcast here. So for the audience, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the various podcasts. We try to bring in, you know, the best of the best in terms of cybersecurity podcasts that we have worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do a round of introductions. So I'm Francesco Cipollone. I'm the host of the Cybersecurity in Cloud podcast and uh, your host for today. And I want to introduce Chris, Chris of the Hacker Valley Studio. Yeah, Chris Cochran, one half of the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. <laughs> Super excited to be here today. Alan. Alan Alford, host of the uh, Cyber Ranch podcast. I'm a cowboy who rides alone, so no other half. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we'll see you my line, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Ashish, when, when are we going to see your hat? <laughs> I uh, know. I, I, I think at the moment, that this would do for the moment, but uh, that's the. Uh, His hair is yeah, too perfect for that. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't need a hat. It's, it's perfect. Uh, Beard's perfect. He's always perfect. I know. This is the younger self bending a hat, by the way, if you guys are wondering. <laughs> That's my younger self uh, mm -hmm. when I was pre COVID. Uh, but uh, thanks for having me over here, uh, Francesco. Always a pleasure talking to you as well. I am the host of Cloud Security Podcast, the, I guess the only half. I guess so. <laughs> there is no other is on the half. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. So today, what I want to do is, is discuss a little bit of what we what we have been doing last year, what we have been doing this year, and what we plan uh, to do next year on on the various podcasts. But also give an impression of what was it to do podcasting and and being on Zoom or live. So we we kind of are used to it, but you know, what was the life of you know doing the podcast and everything else on the side? Mm -hmm. And I think what, what you guys have seen and what you haven't seen. So from my perspective, I think for me was, and from the Cybersecurity and Cloud podcast was a big change because we went from a mentoring Monday that Alan has been on the previous season. Um, there was a very private call into this full-blown podcast mode. And we went from 250 people on the mentoring Monday to 10,000 people and 10,000. Oh, wow. So it was a massive shift and was a massive thing. And I think it's working somehow. And we try and still to orient. So, I, you know, guys, I love to talk about everything cyber. And I think sometimes it can be overwhelming because in this season we talk about, you know, uh, social engineering, threat intelligence, cloud, <laughs> and a lot of application security for very well-known reason <laughs> that I am in that, that field and I'm doing that day in and day out. But I think in next season, we're going to be much more focused on cloud and application security. That's going to be mm -hmm. our major stream because I think the two elements are converging. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I start seeing more and more people start thinking AppSec and CloudSec to be almost the same thing. What you guys... Yeah. yeah, and what's your plan? Definitely. 
what's your guys' plan and what you how you been doing this year and what were you planning for next year? Chris, you wanna give it a go? Yeah, sure. So uh, this past year has been crazy, and I'm I'm sure I don't have to tell it to anybody. <laughs> but uh, on the we just continue to to put out content. In the beginning of COVID, we wanted to double up content just to give somebody some uh, content for people to look forward to. And then we just kept creating and tuning and experimenting. And we came out with Hacker Valley Blue, and then we did Hacker Valley Red, which are seasons. Uh, the second season of Hacker Valley Blue is coming out next month. Yeah. It's going to be uh, the theme is know thyself. So everything from asset management to understanding your security stack to understanding your security posture, understanding the business. So really across the board of understanding what your orientation is in cybersecurity. And of course, Hacker Valley Red is always focused on the offensive side of cyber. But yeah, we just continue to grow. Uh, we brought on Alan as part of the Hacker Valley family. Uh, we just continue to to do things that we think are in the best interest of the community, trying to put good quality content out there. And really, the the sky is the limit. Uh, we're up, I don't know if anybody knows this, but we're up for a Webby this year, uh, which they say is the Oscars for the Internet. Uh, beyond humbled uh, by that and, and can't believe we're even in the running. We're up against some big names. We're up against MIT. We're up against Wait What? We're up against uh, what's the other one? Uh, the one that's winning. <laughs> oh, uh, get Wired, Wired Magazine, or up against them. Uh, so we might not win the uh, the popular choice, but hopefully we win the judges' decision. So uh, looking forward to that. Well done, Chris. Alan, how about you? How how did you feel the switch? <laughs> yeah. So for me, those who don't know, I was co-host of another show uh, for two years. Uh, and I was partnered with a gentleman who's a really talented media guy, and he brought me in to be the, you know, the talent, so to speak. And we would interview another CISO as a three-person format. And I decided it was time to break out and go out on my own uh, and to be the host and the producer and the guest and the talent and <laughs> whatever, every, everything but the guest, I should say. So um, it, it's proven to be a daunting thing. I'm spending an awful lot of time early mornings before work. Editing shows, doing rough cuts, lining up guests, sending emails, you know, um, there's a lot of work goes into it for sure, but it's a labor of love. I've been absolutely mm -hmm. enjoying it. Um, the show is only, I don't know, two months old and I've already got, I don't know, what do I have here? Like 8,000 listens in two months or something crazy like that. Yeah, amazing. So really it's good. been, it's been real popular, real, real going and growing. And I'm still getting a feel for the format, right? Obviously there's a bit of a Texas flair to it, um, but it's all <laughs> topics cyber. I'm trying to pick up CISOs and other high-level practitioners for the most part, but also people that can bring whole new twists on it. Like Kelly Shortridge came on and talked about behavioral economics and how it relates mm -hmm. to cyber, like completely, you know, tangential conversation from the usual cyber conversation. So we're still feeling our way through the content, um, working on different ideas, um, but partnering with Chris and Ron over at Hacker Valley has been an absolute godsend. Uh, they've been such a, such a help and uh, it's going well, man. I'm happy with it. A family of podcasts and a podcast of families. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Ashish, you've been exploding this year. Tell us more. Sure. Uh, well, I guess I've been, I've kind of gone the other path because I guess I'm the only video podcast over here. So I think, I guess you do it a bit of it, Francesco. You do the video podcast as well, a bit of it. But I think for me, the big change came in when I when Clubhouse launched for me. That allowed me to kind of give an avenue for people to dial into the show, which was, I guess, yeah, one of the experiments that I ran. And that got a massive positive response, uh, I, I guess, both at Clubhouse and outside of Clubhouse, which is really good. And 
it kind of made me realize that actually there, there is no limit to the ex- number of experimentation you can do as well. Yeah. You just, mm-hmm. just, the, it's just the amount of creativity you can come up with. To I think, Alan, your point as well, you're like, it's always, you feel like you've found the format, but you're like, oh, I can do a bit more. I can do a bit yeah. more and you keep <laughs> going. So I feel like that. I, I feel I, I feel like say that for all of us, we definitely keep looking for that. Hey, how else do I make this interesting? And mm. I feel like we've gone on that journey for a whole year, and we've kind of gone down to the path. Now we have a book club series, uh, which ranked like top hundred in Australia technology space, which is pretty awesome for us personally. Mm-hmm. And I think the support that's come in on the community because something that a lot of people, at least the guests who have come on the show, have told us is the fact that. Uh, every time they come on the show, they get like a massive, uh, almost like a feedback straight after. And I feel it's been really lucky to kind of have an audience that would last the entire live stream, keep asking questions and make it feel like, oh my God, there's actually someone watching this. And I think that's been really good because I remember the first time I started doing live stream, the question I would get from guests is like, is anybody even watching your stream? <laughs> I used to be like a bit embarrassed, <laughs> like, but now I can tell them, yes, I know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> my, my cousin and like his six friend. Months. Yep. Yeah, we got <laughs> a couple right. people watching you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All my best friends are watching. Right. No, nice, nice. And uh, these are these are just the stream on on YouTube. I'm not multi-streaming, but we have also people on LinkedIn. That of course is my is my biggest family, and yeah. As, as Ashish was saying, it's like we are experimenting and this is another experiment <laughs> of increasing popularity. But uh, it's, been, it's been probably a month worth of planning for this session, you know, synchronizing, finding the time. I mean, people see the output of, of a podcast, but they don't see all the labor that goes in there, all right. the thinking, experimentation. So maybe, maybe tell us a little bit of behind the scene. Chris, what is, what is the thought process between you and Ron on you know, choosing the um, the guests and how to maximize the, the audience or how to keep the audience engaged? You know, I, I, I wish I had some like secret magic formula that I could be like, if you want to have a successful podcast, this is what you need to do. But <laughs> I've been really fortunate. You know, I was super fortunate when Ron and I hopped on the mics the very first time and we instantly had a flow, even though the, the, the very first episode is not all that great. You could tell we had an instant back and forth and it's just continued from there and from getting guests and and the guests get bigger, it seems the stories get more interesting just over time, just tweaking and tuning and things just kind of come together. But it, it is a, a tremendous amount of work. Obviously, you know, most of us are, are doing we're running businesses. We have full time jobs, but we do this in addition to and it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to put out a quality product and. Uh, you know, it's like uh, Alan was saying, it's a, a labor of love. You know, we, we would never stop. Uh, I, I quite often say that I wake up in the morning thinking about podcasting. And that's usually what I do when I go to sleep uh, because I want to continue to put out and make an impact. Because, I, you know, as cybersecurity practitioners, we're always thinking about scale. How do I scale my program? How do I scale my people? How do I scale my technology? And so we're constantly thinking about how do we scale our impact on the world, on our community, on cybersecurity? And that's by putting out the best possible content and bringing the value to to those folks. And so that's that's what we just focus on, and that's how we've grown. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love how hard it is. And uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, I want to be a podcaster, and and then they start and they see Those how much five work. episodes. <laughs> exactly, a pod fade <laughs> happens within seven episodes or so. 
it's it's a hard gig. It's a hard gig. You think you just hop on the mics and and then send it off and it's it's good and gravy. Yeah, but no, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Alan is is going. He went through like a an extreme boot camp, and now he's uh, he's with the best of them, you know, which is incredible. And, and the same for you both. You're putting out great quality content, and uh, and that's why people gravitate to us because mm. we put the time in, we put the reps in, we practice, we tweak, we tune, we make things better. Uh, if we just rested on our laurels and we thought, oh, I, I got a great voice and I love to talk and I, I'm just going to hop on it and do this. It, it, that's not how it works. But we constantly think about the other people. We think about the people that are listening and what the information that they need to do their jobs, to live their life and get better. Yeah, and I think it's fine tuning, but I couldn't agree more. Alan, how about you? What what was your steep curve from guest or host into full on producer? <laughs> Yep. So yeah, so I'm a CISO and I'm data driven, right? So so one thing I've been really doing is trying to be data driven in in running this show. And I am constantly, Chris will tell you, like to the point where I'm a neurotic idiot. I am in my stats every day, analyzing my stuff, looking at, you know, who listened to what, which shows are most popular, starting to trend and theme and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, with the guests, I'm uh, it's an interesting format. We want it to be a live and lively conversation. But at the same time, I don't want it to just be a free form ramble because I know I can ramble. Um, so <laughs> Chris is laughing. <laughs> so, so what I've done is I've come up with a with a with a model where we agree to some topics ahead of time, bounce them back and forth behind the scenes. But then we sort of go live around those topics. And I found that to be the right balance. So that took forever to strike that balance. And then there's the content of the show. Um, I'm looking at my stats this very morning, and I'm learning that the technical topics seem to be more popular than the more esoteric or the more leadership-oriented topics. And that that's giving me pause for kind of how I had my roadmap done. And the other thing I'm doing, again, back to data-driven, is I've jumped on LinkedIn and thrown polls out there and said, hey, okay, mm -hmm. hey, all of you who listen to the show, I got this thing over here that I do. Do you like that thing? Yes or no? And, and I get back feedback. And the last one was um, one of the things trying to do the human element of my show having the guests talk a little bit about their background and what they do in cyber today and how they got into cyber. And 85% of my audience said, yes, keep that in the show. And 15% said, no, don't. And I was like, all right, 85 wins. We're going to keep <laughs> it in the show. So, you know, data driven, man, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to apply my CISO skills to my podcast to make it successful. I love that. Ashish, how about you? You, you must have seen massively technical talk and I love your technical <laughs> talk. I mean, a lot of them, I've, I've seen a lot of them. So I'll, I'll, first of all, Amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And I, I think uh, kind of like Alan, initially when we started out the conversation, uh, it was funny. My, when I'm listening to all of, all of you, my first episode was literally uh, December 2019. One of the guys was looking for, started a podcast, was looking for a guest. He told me, hey, you talk normally. Do you want to come on my podcast? I'm like, what is this podcast thing you talk about? <laughs> and that was my first interview. Basically, we interviewed each other. And that kind of shows you, like, I, I had no idea about this kind of what Chris mentioned. You kind of like jump into this thinking, oh, this will be good. But I, I felt the pressure when people reached out to me and going, hey, when is the next episode coming out? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> a thing. I, I have to do this. Oh, okay. Let me, let me find someone. So I started I kind of what Alan is saying in the morning. I'm reaching out to people. Hey, do you want to come on my show? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a podcast. I don't know how, to, how else to explain this, but you can change whatever you want. I'm, I'm up for, so coming from there, I feel like matured quite a bit. I definitely gone down the path of understanding that, okay, um, I'm, I'm kind of like, a, 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 funny enough, I kind of realized, even though I'm a CISO or a tech company, I kind of lean more towards technology. I love being technical. I've always enjoyed technical technology. And 
cloud security was something that I just could not find enough content on. And I'm like, this is changing the world. Yeah. Why is not anyone else talking about this? So that's why I started talking about it. And I guess people enjoyed it. I get started getting messages for people. Hey, love what you're doing or what you're creating. So I think I use that response to, okay, so whatever I'm, what I, I think I probably am the right audience for my own podcast. Mm -hmm. I think because I feel if I find something as like, I enjoy this, somehow it definitely resonates. I think the first whole season, I did a whole year of it, was basically stuff that I want to learn about. And I kind of, everyone resonated with them. I'm like, but this is something that I want to learn. What do you mean you guys want to learn this as well? So I felt that has kind of been my data for, okay, clearly if I'm seeing a trend and if I, I'm curious and interested, that seems to get the audience as well. And the DMs that people send, because I've kind of made it a point when, because I used to do men's fashion and social media before this. And one of the things that I always took away from this was it's always the community that drives, that's what gives you success. And that's what gives mm -hmm. you, I guess, any form of, I, I guess, value that what people talk about. So most of the topics that have come up in the show have been driven by people who've DM'd me, hey, I would love for you to talk about this. And like next month, I've got Kubernetes month which I did not plan to be uh, in coinciding with KubeCon, which is the biggest conference that they have. I was like- Just happened uh, to be. Had, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I had, I'm talking to people researching, like, have you heard of KubeCon? I'm like, what do you mean? It's this month, the same month as you're doing Kubernetes month. Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Uh, totally not ha jumping on hashtag KubeCon, but yeah. I would totally- <laughs> And now you have uh, to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm just, but that's one of the hacks I'm using to kind of get some of the other audience, I guess, if people are looking for hacks. I, and I love what Ashish commented there. There's an under, undertone to what he said, which is passion, right? Have a topic that you're passionate about and that passion is contagious and the audience will get into it too. That's first oh, thing yeah. I always ask guests is, what do you want to talk about? What are mm -hmm. you into? And let's have a conversation about that, right? right. Oh my God, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I think audience can feel that. I think if you are uh, back on what Chris was saying, it's like why people keep on coming back to us, why people keep on listening to us. I think it's, it's because we are, first of all, we're all practitioners, so we love what we do and we do what we love. And at the same time, we put an enormous amount of passion because no same person of mine will put this amount of work, like wake up in the morning thinking about the guests, going to sleep and thinking about, ah, I need to do this processing. Or Sunday morning, that is my usually when I do the post-processing time. It's like first thing in the morning, let's get the podcast done. Let's broadcast out, you know, and it's consistency. You know, one oh. thing I learned uh, probably from Chris, it was, you know, I, w I wasn't very consistent at the very beginning and I started being consistent and that drove a lot of attention. And, you know, Monday morning is CSCP is going to be there. You know, it's there, you know, uh, sometimes I publish it even before, but it's that consistency, it's that passion, it's that showing yeah. up and, you know, and not quitting after five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we used to I mean, challenge each other remember we used to yes. always do crazy challenges and push each other forward i, I love that type of friendly competition i'm, I'm, I'm no, going to throw that. a question in there how much time have people spent post-processing a podcast episode what's the longest time you've spent I think anyone can hours. go first Ooh. i think two hours so the best i managed to now i have somebody taking care of my post-processing and I average half an hour per episode. So I perfected half an hour per episode from 
you know, getting at it and not recording it, but getting, you know, ready, uh, ready to, to publish it with all the marketing as well. So half an hour, an hour, but the worst probably was between, was one episode where I had to cut out uh, mm, uh, and a lot of background noise. And I think it took me four hours of post-processing, just the post-processing. <laughs> Yeah, How about you, Alan? Four hour. I've crossed the four-hour mark, no problem. In the early days when I was first getting started, I was hypersensitive about everything I was doing. So it wasn't just the usual edits out, the ums and the uhs and the whatever it might be. I was re-recording my bits like, oh, I didn't say that well. Oh, <laughs> and no, I was in the booth. Painful, I, I want to say I was in the booth probably grand total of probably about six hours on one show. And I finally realized like this is not feasible. Like this is a this is a 25 to 30 minute show and I'm editing for six hours. This is not good math. So I had to learn how to get better on the mic in the first place, how to be more confident and, and less desiring to edit my own stuff. And I, I did one last night in probably 45 minutes. Wow. Chris. That's pretty awesome. Okay, uh, Chris, what I, about you? I'll, I'll tell you mine with a story. We were doing Hacker Valley Red, and usually we have the, the entire production done well before the launch date. But for this particular season, we managed to get a hold of uh, Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. Uh, one of the best chess players, chess commentators in the world. He has uh, uh, commercials with him, like super, super, super famous, right? And I was like, we get, we got to get this guy on the season. And he could only do it the day before we launched the season. Mm -hmm. And so we did it that morning, early that morning. And uh, it sounded a little hot. It sounded like a, there was a little bit of clipping. But I was like, oh, I'll just fix it in post. So we go through the episode and I listen oh. to it. And it sounds absolutely terrible, like <laughs> like beyond terrible. I took the rest of the day off of work and I literally worked on this audio. I not only did I, I like try to fix it myself through editing, I sent it to several different people who are, who are experts in, in sound editing and sound engineering. They couldn't fix it. I downloaded applications that said they could fix it. I worked on this thing for no lie 10 hours. It was up until I was up until maybe 11 o'clock and I, 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 I just called it. I was like, we can't launch the episode like this. And so I wrote him, I said, uh, Maurice Ashley, I, I appreciate the time today, but the audio is just not salvageable. Would you be able to re-record? Uh, oh. And so uh, luckily he said, absolutely, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. We re-record re in the morning. I turn around the editing and in about 35 minutes, Wow! submitted it, got it launched, it pushed to all the platforms. And so we got the entire season out on time. And that's the episode that we submitted to the Webbies and why we're nominated. That shows the passion. That shows how much work <laughs> well there is behind. But I think I love, I love the fact that you say, no, this can't be fixed. They need to be re-recorded. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I think a lesson that we all learned that, you know, get the voice on the mic in a proper way, make sure that your guest talks in a proper way. <laughs> and I love doing podcasts with other podcasters because we know perfectly you're not jumping on each other. We give mm -hmm. each other space. You yeah. know, we talk with a proper mic and post-production is a breeze. So I'm expecting this episode to be the easiest one <laughs> we're gonna do. No pressure, guys. No pressure. And I love how Ashish just take the lead. It's like, I'm going to ask the question, man. <laughs> <laughs> I see that you're a true podcaster. can't stay still. Nice. Oh, no, I'm just curious. Considering we have all the podcasters here, it kind of made sense to share some pain stories, especially oh, for absolutely. people listening and thinking, to Chris's point earlier, that podcasting is not for everyone. 
But you, if you find your passion, kind of like what Alan mentioned, you can probably take it a long way, a lot, lot longer than it, that, what you thought it might go. So I think they go for spending four hours to cutting it down to 30 minutes, 35 minutes. It's pretty amazing. So, but it obviously came with practice. The first mm -hmm. episode, I'm pretty sure everyone took their long time. No one was 35 minutes. Mm -mm. Yep. No one. Yep. This episode is brought to you by the generosity of AppSec Phoenix Limited. AppSec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software. Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev-first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. But actually, on that on that subject, what was, you know, we've been doing this for a while. I think I'm, I'm almost coming to three years now. What was the most powerful and inspirational story that it was like mind-blowing and you didn't expect? Mm. I'll, I'll tell mine. I'll, I'll let you guys discuss. So when I was discussing with probably... Chris Hadnagi was the episode that blew my mind. He's the king of social engineering. And he told me about, um, it's a little bit heavy story, um, on, on all his work on the Innocent Life Foundation, a big shout out to the work that those guys are doing to save kids and uh, you know chase pedophile. And it's horrible, horrible work. And uh, you know he told me a little bit about the story. He's in the episode. I cut out some part because it was heavy. But, you know, amazing. And that got my voice trembling. I had half of the episodes, my voice is trembling for how much it touched me. And, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still emotional. I still get me emotional about all that work. So mm -hmm. that was my wow moment that I, I really love what I do because it really connects me to people that do amazing work. And if I can put them out even more, it just, you know, it's, it's my passion, but also it's, it's my commitment to the community. So here you go. I've, I've done. I've done my bit now, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, can I do two? Do two, three. It's like right, we I'll have do, a show. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll do two. One is one that's coming out next week, which is which is Chani Sims. And if anyone's watched Chani's TED Talk, you know she has an incredible story growing up in war-torn Sri Lanka, and and just her story all the way through getting into cybersecurity. Uh, we go uh, even deeper than she does on her TED Talk on the show, and it's just such a powerful story. The, the way she tells it, it, it just kind of draws you in. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're always talking about stories. Stories are like the most important thing to, to Ron and myself. So we're focused on not only developing our ability to tell stories, but also like being able to pull the story out of our guests. And we brought on a master storyteller, uh, Neil Bearden. Uh, he has Plot Wolf and uh, the startup story, like he has these businesses that are all about creating stories, whether it's for businesses or individuals. And I don't know if you guys listened to that episode, but in the very beginning of the episode, he tells this story about meeting a man named Osiris in San Francisco and how he, so he, he was uh, an academic doing research, this, that, and the other, he presented and he's out there walking around and this uh, this black guy with long beard. And there's a picture of Osiris on one of my posts uh, that someone put up. And Osiris just starts spitting poetry at Neil. And Neil and Osiris hang out all day long. 
And Osiris gives him some poetry. He's like, hey, this one's for you, young man. And he takes it with him and he loses the poem. And he goes back to like his con convention and he's sitting down with his colleagues. And uh, his colleague goes, where, where were you last night? You know, you, um, but you know, I didn't see you at the 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 function. And he's like, "Oh, I met this guy. He was doing poetry." And he was like, "Well, you should have been here last night." And it was like that moment that changed his life forever. He's like, "I want to tell stories. I want to write poetry. I want to cultivate that human centric skill of storytelling." And it completely changed his life. And his stories like that that I just find absolutely incredible. And uh, just being able to, to have a platform to, to host those types of stories is, is unbelievable. Alan, how about you? Amazing I, story, Chris, by the way. Yeah, I just did a show on WESIS, Women in Cybersecurity, and met with their executive director and the woman who runs their Assistance for Veterans program. And I was floored by the veteran stories. Um, you talk about trembling voice and move. Like, it was, it was, it was insane to me how... People who choose to serve their country and work in the military and then want to break out and get into cyber, how they've been jerked around, left on the cutting room floor, haven't gotten the opportunities they need. And suddenly here's somebody with a very personal and very direct and personal passion. Her own story, Martha's story was incredibly personal as to why she's motivated to do this. And here she is overcoming those challenges and helping them overcome those challenges. It was it was really powerful. Wow. No, shout out. Uh, yeah, it, it gets me emotional. And uh, I, I love those stories. I, I love the fact that you know, if I can get one of those stories out that can inspire people, can realize or can make them realize how difficult somebody else's life is and um, being, you know, kind to each other. Because sometimes in our industry, it's like we get the S <laughs> out of every part of the business. And sometimes uh, having them realizing how hard it is, is to get where we are or how much we've gone through or how much other people have gone through make them, you know, more understanding. Oh, sheesh. Uh, to you. I, funny enough, I've, I've actually got two stories as well. Uh, one, obviously, was uh, from a guest perspective. I loved my conversation with Kelsey Hightower from Google Cloud. This guy is on another level. Like, you've, every, I've spoken to everyone this person has spoke to, spoken to. Everyone has been touched. And not from a technical perspective, right? This guy could be preaching for all he cares. So I would definitely ask people to check him out because irrespective of his technical background, if you listen to this guy talk, it's, he, he's definitely from another planet. Let's, let's just say that way. So <laughs> the, the, he made me, he's the reason I am doing Kubernetes month next month. Like he mm. inspired me that much to like, he made me believe Kubernetes could be the next thing. And I'm like, if this guy is saying it, and then I found this whole community that I was not introduced to, and everyone's a fan of Kelsey Hightower. And I'm like, okay, anyway, that was one. Uh, the LinkedIn CISO was the other where this guy is so humble. I'm sure Alan would have, uh, I think you guys are in the same circle as well. Such a humble guy. I just, I, I, yeah, I was blown away by those interviews. But the second moment that I want to talk about is when a father reached out to me uh, for his, it not, sounds funny, 10-year-old son who has read the Web, Hack, Web Application Hacker's Handbook twice. Wow. And he's been studying at home and he wanted me to help guide his son become a cybersecurity person. I'm like, how old is your son again? He's like 10 <laughs> years old. He's gone through Web Application Hacker's Handbook twice. Mm. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that was the time I felt pressure. That at I, old. I am contributing <laughs> into like this. But I, so it's a, it's a concept which is totally unknown for me. I was asking people who have like, I don't have kids. 
at the moment and I'm asking other people, hey, what do you tell a 10-year-old? How do you explain cybersecurity to a 10-year-old person? Especially as someone who has learned or have you gone through Web Application Hacker's Handbook? That to me has been the other wow moment for me where uh, I, I guess the podcast has given voice for that and people trust me with it. I think that definitely has blown me away as well. So that's those are two, two of my moments I still cherish. Nice. No, and I think that's what also motivates us to keep on doing what we do because we learn from, I mean, I, I personally learn from every episode I'm on as a, from a personal growth perspective, from a a professional life perspective and from a network perspective. That's how we met each other <laughs> through podcasts, actually. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, there you go. It's, it's the secret, right? It's the secret that, that most folks, you know, you talk about being humble, right? Like you get a reputation as a podcaster as the guy who knows the stuff, right? And the reality is I don't know. <laughs> anyway. No, we're just we're um, actually are good at asking questions because we don't know how right? the stuff we're right. talking about. Before the show, I'm doing tons and tons of research to make sure my questions aren't stupid. And then I'm leaning on this guest who's walked into my life and is an expert in some area and field. And I'm literally taking notes. Like, as I'm listening to my own show, I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's amazing. The opportunity to learn from being a podcaster is so much greater than the opportunity to teach being a podcaster. For me, that's the case. Mm -hmm. So note for everybody, start a podcast to sound smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris, how about you? What what will be the, the key, key things that you, you got from podcasting or from all these experience? Aside you know, from I, the personal stories. I feel like it, it's a, a cheat code. It really is when it comes to learning, whether it's cybersecurity, life stuff, you just you get to talk to these incredible people and go deep into the story. You can't walk up to somebody on the street and say, so when you were a kid, tell me about all the problems you had. You know, well, you but could, you, but you, you could, <laughs> but then people would hate you and you would never make any friends. But on a podcast, it gives you like that creative license to go deep with somebody, talk about their childhood. Like Ashish, one of my favorite episodes on the podcast ever was Ashish. Um, we 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 talked about his background. We talked about his relationship with his father. We talked about the men's fashion. What does it mean to be yourself in cybersecurity? Because everyone thinks that you know you, to be a hacker, you got to put on the hoodie and sit in the basement and all that stuff. But no, Ashish, he steps out dressed to the nines. That's who he is. He has perfect hair and a perfect beard. That's who he is. And we talk about being yourself and just having having access to somebody and going into their background. And, and I get inspired just as much. I'm, I'm sure that uh, other people get inspired on, on the listening to the podcast. I get inspired li listening. I get to have that conversation. I get to ask the questions that I want to understand. And I'm sure that other people out there have the same questions as well. Fantastic. I was by far the most wonderful podcast episode that I did. I did not expect these guys would ask those questions. And oh. I kept answering. After the interview finished, I told my wife, this might have been the most wonderful podcast ever or right? interview ever in my entire life. Yeah. So, I, so I spoke about my dad. <laughs> Chris and Ron just just pull that thread slowly. Oh my god, out of yes. And, and it's amazing oh for god, me to yes. watch. It's, it's this is part of why I joined the Hacker Valley family, is that that human angle. That Chris and Ron are so good at and excel at so well. I'm I'm trying my best to to incorporate that human angle into what I'm doing, but but these guys are the masters. Oh my <laughs> god! Yes. Trick, oh my god! Yes. The trick how I shielded is fundamentally joking <laughs> and pulling <laughs> challenge to Chris and Ron. <laughs> I dodged the personal question with jokes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but it's 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 amazing, and and I love this conversation. I just can't keep on having enough. And maybe on on twisting it and and shifting it maybe to towards next year. What would you want to see in your own podcast next year? What you which one would be the big guest, or what would be the you know wow moment that you want to see in your for, for next year? Ashish, you wanna you wanna give uh, it a go? I want to let a secret out that I might have the. I'm trying to get the Prime Minister of Australia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no ambitions here. Yes, no ambitions um, here. I know he's recently. Uh, he, well, he's the ex Prime Minister. So I guess the President in the US, uh, the equivalent is Prime Minister of Australia. And I'm after the Scott, the last Prime Minister of Australia who just finished his term. He has started investing in cybersecurity in Australia. So mm. he's heavily investing in that space. So if he's watching, uh, I would love to have him. I've been trying to get his EA for some time and I need to get data books and time in it. That would be because I want to ask why cybersecurity has become his focus for this year. He's, he's always been backing technology and his name is Malcolm Turnbull. So if he comes in, I would. That that I've been I've been hounding his EA, so I hope she doesn't mind me <laughs> hounding her. <laughs> but she's been very super responsive, so oh, she's good. she's good. Yeah, so that would be one guest that I would love to have because I think that's if for me personally, uh, there's a technical angle and there is a a business angle as well to cybersecurity mm -hmm. that is not spoken about enough. Mm -hmm. Like we speak about, I guess what uh, sales could look like, what vendorship is like, but no one talks about the actual business side of cybersecurity. Like, why do people sign up and say, yes, I want a solution, whatever it may be, firewalls, ESPM, whatever you throw it in there. And how does that business work? Like cybersecurity has people who have moved from cybersecurity practitioners into business people. I would love yeah. to cover some of that story. So that's why Malcolm Turnbull and anyone else who's probably in that same space as well, who's kind of, gone to the business side and can come and talk about what does it take to start a business in cybersecurity? I, I can't talk it for days, believe me. Thankfully <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I, I definitely I have you. That. I'll have you for the third time as well, man. I've already had you twice. <laughs> yep. we, we, we do a lot of business on my show too. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, we touch on the business I, topics on my show for sure. Any 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 person from cyber that goes into more exactly prospective or, or closer, if you are cyber and pure cyber, either you are scripting day in and day out, but you still need to have that business awareness. That's why I think our profession is a little bit challenging. But Alan, you were saying? Yeah, so so my guest, uh, my, my, my target guest, and this is funny. So I'm on an advisory board for a, a company, a uh, security company, cybersecurity company, and Steve Katz is also on that board. Uh, and mm -hmm. for those who don't know, Steve Katz is the very first CISO ever on planet Earth. He was, he was the, wow. the gentleman for whom the CISO title was invented. <laughs> and he's been on a million things, and every time he's interviewed, they always want to talk about, so you were the first CISO. And I haven't approached him yet because I'm, I haven't come up with my topic yet, but I want to very much interview Steve Katz, not about being the first CISO. I want to interview him about the future. I want to hear what the future looks like for the guy who started it all for all of us. And I haven't quite oh. crafted what that is yet, but as soon as I come up with a solid idea, you better believe I'm approaching him and going, please be on my show. <laughs> Chris, your turn. So there, there are two like perfect guests that, that we want to bring on. And uh, will we get one or both of them? Who knows? Uh, one I, I, is pretty public. Uh, talk about it quite often is Barack Obama. I would love to have a conversation with him. Uh, but who knows? Uh, we have some some contacts in the government, but uh, nothing nothing solid just yet. 
And the other one, uh, we actually talked about uh, wanting her to be on the podcast. It had to have been one of the, the first episodes that we put out. And we, we said, hey, we want you to be on the podcast. But it's Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Just her ability to, to tell stories, uh, talk about courage and talking about being in the arena. She's she's one of my idols just from a you know, living life standpoint and, and being a good family man and being a good business partner, being a, a, a good employee, like all of these different things, being a good leader. So I, I'd love to have Brene Brown. Uh, but for next year, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I'm dumbfounded at what we've been able to accomplish this year. I, I can't even begin to even imagine where we're going to be at next year. No, that that's amazing. And I think What we do and we find is that we want to bring our idol into the podcast because we are inspired by them because we almost want to share them with the world and, and that that's that's how we makes who we are. So from my perspective, I, I think I want to discuss about some crazy topic about how we're going to do cybersecurity in the space. And that will be the, the, the next topic that I'm going to afford. That that's going to be the crazy stuff, the crazy talk about cybersecurity and, and uh, bring some of the uh, like crazy research that they're doing, like quantum encryption on through satellite. And if I'm lucky, Elon Musk that is doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out, Elon, if you're listening. Let's talk about cybersecurity. Because That'd be cool. That would be yeah, that's that's how you do it. I think this, you put it in the ether. Yeah, that happened. That's yeah. right. Just put it on live stream. Someone would, someone, someone who knows someone would know Elon Musk would come out. Hey, you should go to Francesco's thing. Yeah. And uh, Obama might listen to this as well. That would be an awesome episode <laughs> as well. That would be, cool. be super cool. Amazing. But actually, on, on the same subject, well, what's kind of the thought process? Or what, how do you scout out, scout out or how do you can find people to bring on a podcast or schedule it out? What is your process? You know, Ashish, you start because you, you, you sent two or three like amazing guests like Caleb Sima that I love the conversation with. And, you know, I, I haven't stumbled across him and you, you pointed out to him, it's like you made that health introduction. I love that conversation. Absolutely. Shout out. Oh, I'm, I'm glad it worked out as well. And then Caleb is an awesome guy as well. So mm. shout out to him. He, he was one of the people that I was reading his blogs about when I was trying to get into cybersecurity. Not that he's too old, but he started quite young. Yeah. And he definitely inspired a lot of people back then. But I think for me, the, the, is it process of getting a guest or is it process of what no, it no, looks no, like? No, no, your thought process of how you select the guest or how you think about the guest. Or maybe you have a, a specific point in time on the week where you say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think, or out of the blue, uh, a new person comes out. What, what is your process? Ah, right. That's a great question because first season, I'll be honest, was just me having my eyes and ears open for anyone who looks interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting topic. And kind of what, I, what the common theme has been so far, if they talk about something which I find interesting, I'm like, i would love for you to come into on my show and i would love to ask you questions <laughs> that's how the initial episodes happened but as soon as i started getting almost like uh, by the way it was kind of lucky i had a few months where it was like a whole month of aws a whole month of CISOs, a whole month of like i, I kind of developed a pattern i did not realize i was developing it but just I, I think the thought kind of became yeah it, it kind of like became a pattern where i was looking out for those hey i've got this i've got that And it's only when I got my uh, partner, Shilpi, on, she was like, um, she was talking about the fact that, do you realize we actually have like a monthly pattern here and there? <laughs> 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 and 
<laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, have you looked at ba- look back at your episodes? You have a theme going for certain months, but you don't really talk about the theme. You just keep doing the episodes. So I've taken notes from her, and I've got uh, I think I've got Kubernetes next month, the Google Cloud one after. So well, bug bounty the week the month after that. I'm starting to have a theme now. So when I'm doing that, I've usually found leveraging some of the existing guest pool has been really awesome for me mm. because they tend to be the best reference for who could be a really great guest to come on the show. And I normally find if I've connected with a person on an initial catch up, they're cool to hang out with kind of like all of you over here. I feel I can hang out with you all in a beer, uh, over a beer at a pub as well. And totally would not be awkward. The same (laughs) I feel would be the same with that guest. And I normally feel if I ask them for a recommendation and they someone tell me someone, nine or 10 times I'll be the person who I would be totally comfortable with as well. So Mm. I think primarily it has been through the network, but I find the community has come out sometimes as well, reaching out saying, hey, you should interview this person. Like I've got at least 10 people from the AWS space who are just open source community people. Mm -hmm. And I keep getting pinged by endless. So Kelsey, that's how Kelsey happened. Because someone who knew Kelsey, because I don't think he does many interviews for a small fast podcast with 40,000 <laughs> downloads, I guess. And he, someone introduced us and that's how that connection happened. I didn't create it. And we met on Clubhouse and like we had this conversation for a couple of hours. He, I think him and I seemed to click and that's how that episode happened. So for me, primarily has been community driven and I, I definitely feel I'm blessed to have, uh, by the way, shout out to Runli as well. She was, uh, she's on the uh, comment section as well. So I've got people who kind of have been supportive quite a bit. And I do appreciate the support there because they, they, I think they want to grow with me and I'm trying to grow with the podcast as everyone else is trying to do over here. We are really, we really do well asking questions and trying to learn through the people coming in. And the same feeling goes for the audience as well. It seems mm-hmm. like they find us, I guess, emulating them. And when we don't ask the question that they want to ask, then they're like, hey, you haven't asked this question. So I'm going to ask this question now. And I, I love that about community because they could be so passionate about this same thing. Uh, for me, that's that's kind of been, I guess, a driving force. The community definitely lets me know. Love it. Alan, how about you? So if you look at the byline of my show, it's something about a, a diverse group of friends and experts. And thankfully for me, and you, you use the word blessed, Ashish, I'm, I'm blessed to have some really cool friends. Um I, I would I would argue that, you know, and I've been again, I've only been going since February. I would say 80% of my guests have been friends so far. Uh, friends that I know are good at a thing and better at this particular thing than I am or really passionate about this other thing, you know, passionate about that thing. And I'll just reach out to them and say, would you pretty please come be on my show and do your thing? <laughs> um, I, I've had a great amount of success with that. Now, obviously, I don't have an infinite number of friends, so I've also started branching out. And I've tried to find guests, uh, again, who really have something of their own. It hasn't been released yet, but I don't know if anyone knows Accidental CISO on Twitter. Mm. Oh, the dude cracks yes. me. Wow. Up. He cracks oh. me up. I'm always reading his stuff. So I actually approached him on Twitter. I was like, dude, I don't need to know your real name. I don't need to know where you live. I don't need to know who you are, or where you work. Let's just record a show. You'll be accidental CISO on my show. And we even joked about we may be distorting his voice like they do on those witness, you know, news segments. Oh, I love that. For the mafia. And we're going to have accidental CISO on the show. And I was just like, this guy is so funny and so truthy. And because he's anonymous, he can lift the covers and tell the real story of being a CISO, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. I want that guy on my show. And I got him. <laughs> 
so it's going to be exciting. That's an episode coming up that's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm so looking forward to that one. Love that. How about you, Great Chris? Guess. How do you go uh, about it, we Ron? Uh, two words: no shame. Uh, no shame. <laughs> At all. <laughs> so uh, luckily, you know, we, we have so many friends in cybersecurity. So getting cybersecurity focused folks on the show is relatively easy. Uh, some of the bigger names is a little more challenging. We have to, you know, approach them and things like that. But sometimes like it'll just be it's something will just hit me. So uh, I was uh, watching TV one day on Amazon. I used to wrestle back in high school. Wrestling is a big part of my life. And I was looking for a good wrestling documentary. And I found one called Wrestled Away. It's about Lee Kemp, three-time world champion, one of the best wrestlers of all time. He beat Dan Gable, which is a legend in the sport. And I'm I'm halfway through this documentary. I'm like, I'm going to ask him to be on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I reach out and maybe a couple of weeks goes by, no, no response. I'm like, oh, you know, another one lost. You know, that happens. You know, I reach out to people and yeah. just don't, you know, because people are busy. They have other things going on. They, they don't want to be on my little podcast. And um, a couple of weeks go by and he, he re- hey, I would love to. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, hop on. And we end up talking for about two hours. We had to break uh-huh. the episode up into two different episodes. And then we even continued to talk after that. It was a phenomenal conversation. Unbelievable to have someone of that caliber. They have their own you know, documentary and things like that on, on the show. Uh, so yeah, just no shame uh, reaching out. I, I reached out to LeVar Burton. Like, <laughs> I was like, hey, LeVar, uh, my name is Chris Cocker of the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast. Would love to have you come on. Uh, no response from LeVar. Still waiting for that one. Uh, that right. would be a good one for sure. But uh, yeah, no shame. Just uh, if, if you see somebody that you think would apply to your show, like try not to be weird yeah, with it. Like don't, don't, don't go I, just because they're a big name, try to get them on. Like I, if I, I had the option to bring Brad Pitt on, does he have anything really to talk about cybersecurity? Probably not. Uh, but somebody like LeVar Burton, like the, the reason why I reached out to LeVar is because his ability to, to use his voice to, to, to captivate you know, because when we stand up in front of the board, when we stand up in front of our peers to to do conferences, that there's a, a certain thing that comes along with that. And reading and speaking okay. go hand in hand. And I don't know if you know, but Lavar, he was doing these reading with Lavar, uh, and he was doing it like Monday, Wednesday, Friday during COVID. And uh, on Monday he would do it for children. Uh, in the middle uh, on Wednesday he would do it for young adults, and then on Fridays he would read for adults, like adult books. And I was like, that's incredible. Would love to talk to LeVar about that stuff. So, yeah, no shame. So, so LeVar Burton, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> this was the you should sign up. Respond to the message. <laughs> no, amazing. And and I love this conversation. And, and I hate the fact that we are relegated to this because, well, Ashish is a little bit difficult to reach. But Chris, we, we used to... <laughs> <laughs> the video challenge and we actually was in the same room together doing the podcast yep. and alan i miss doing black hat and doing the small con <laughs> and sharing whiskey and that's what this is all about is a community uh we're almost at the time unfortunately but i want to go around and let you guys describe where they can find you if they haven't found you yet how they can reach out to you and you know what you have in servant like a last thing like a last positive message that is our usual tradition ashish you thought i would say in spite of what all of us have said if if anyone listening to this wants to get into podcasting 
definitely give it a shot. I think we definitely don't have enough cybersecurity podcasts. I know people roll their eyes with, oh, another podcaster. But there's not enough people. Because I, I feel like all, I, even though all four of us do podcasting, but we bring our own unique perspectives mm. to it. So different. And we can all have same people in all of our communities coming and supporting us everywhere. So there's always space as long as you respect the other person. And it's not, I guess, for lack of a better word, you're, you're, you're just doing it for your own promotion or whatever the thing may be. Talking about the sales pitches that come on podcasts, by the way. But uh, <laughs> it's like... Shameful plug. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I sometimes feel I would love to tell people, hey, you're doing podcasting wrong, but no disrespect. I think you should. they should definitely reach out to people who are... Like, I mean, the group over here is amazing as well. So they can reach out to any of us mm. and talk about how to do it better. Because all of us want cybersecurity to be common and better. to be having bad pay on our show as well. Because... I don't know. We might have something over there as well. I, I, I feel they should definitely give it a shot. And I personally feel, um, going back to what Chris was saying, something that I found in myself, being comfortable with my own skin and in wearing what I love to wear and just being out there with it has been one of the reasons I feel the podcast did what it did. So I definitely would, if you feel, and I think I get messages about people, hey, what kind of mic do you use? And What's the audio like? And trust me, none of that would make any difference. I still use a $50 (laughs) mic. It hasn't really been upgraded to a Joe Joe Rogan one. But whenever it does, I I feel you just have to start. So that would be one message. And if you want to find me, you can can find me as Hashish Rajan. It's Hashish with the H because people couldn't pronounce my name Hashish earlier. So I started saying Hashish without the H. That Mm. joke stuck. So I've stuck with uh, Hashish Rajan as my... Twitter handle, uh, otherwise it's Ashish Rajan on LinkedIn if you guys want to find you. But this has been great conversation, man. I've, I've Love enjoyed it. hanging out with you. Thank you. Alan, how about you? All right, let's see here. Uh, how to reach me, uh, hackervalley.com slash cyber ranch uh, is, is where the podcast lives. You can also go to alanalford.com. I got a ton of resources for the community there, like weird stuff like business impact analysis, calculator, and you know just cyber artifacts that I've thrown up there. Uh, LinkedIn, Alan Alford. Uh, I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn. Love to hear from people there. Love to connect up. I, I start a lot of conversations and try to get original topics going and, you know, original content and, and real conversations going with the community about various cyber things. Uh, Twitter, I'm uh, at Alan Alford, N-T-X, I-N-T-X, T-X being the abbreviation for Texas. And I'll echo what Ashish said, man, don't be afraid to start your own show. You know, there's a there's a song from a band called The Macons called Blow Your Tuneless Trumpet. <laughs> and and the idea is, you know, even if you think it's tuneless, man, get out there and play it. Do it. Somebody's going to enjoy listening to what you're producing. Uh, I just oh, call yeah. dibs on the cowboy hat. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> just don't take the cowboy that. hat. That's it. That we one's have taken. two hats. I can that one's taken. See, I start seeing a theme. <laughs> Chris, go for it. Uh, piggybacking off of what they said, uh, I say don't do it. Don't start a <laughs> podcast. Just... <laughs> Just, just don't do it. Just if no. you love your there's life. Too many, there's too many of them out there. Away. It's too hard. Just No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, we, we have this thing we talk about. Uh, one of the frameworks we created, was, which is Exist, uh, which is all about becoming great at whatever it is that you want to do. And uh, that, that EX in the very beginning is Explore. If you want to explore podcasting, give it a shot. You might love it. You might hate it. And if you hate it and you stop, no shame, uh, but just give it a shot if you're thinking about it. And 
lean on people. There are tons of people out there that have so much experience in podcasting and they can give, they can shorten that learning curve for you. So don't be afraid. Don't feel like you're out there on an island on your own. Reach out to people, ask questions. Yep. I'm sure anyone here would be more than willing to help you out. And uh, if you want to reach us, uh, it's easy. Uh, HackerValley.com, uh, where wherever you could get podcasts, we're there. And also, if you want to give us a vote for the Webby Awards, we'd appreciate it. HackerValley.com forward slash vote. Uh, super simple to get to. Appreciate it. This has been great. I love it. I love I love this conversation. I want to do this all day long, but unfortunately, we have a whole day job there. Unfortunately, we have to still go back to maybe one day we make this as a full time. But this was your host, Francesco uh, Frank for Friends, because I have the same problem with my shit. Nobody can pronounce even my name, not even talking about my surname. So I am Frank Sec 42 on uh, Twitter. I am Francesco Cipollone still on, on LinkedIn. And if you want to hear us, is a CSCP or Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or www.cybercloudpodcast.com. This was amazing, guys. I love this. And yeah, we are just at the hour. So, Alan, you want to say something? I got something for you. You ready? Okay, shoot, shoot. This is, this is the next level of podcasting when you, <laughs> when you start showing off your kid. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. And everybody listening, thank you so much. Go and listen to these guys. They're amazing. And shameful plug, come and listen to us as well. <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for See having you us. Guys. Be good, Bye -bye. Thank you. See ya. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com.